Hello guys, welcome back to Shots Fired. I'm so sorry about the audio quality here. I am currently just speaking directly into my laptop. So I'm sorry if it's bad, it's only for the intro. Um, This is gonna be a bit of a throwback episode. This is an interview that I did with Casey from The Real Her Project. So she was interviewing me for her podcast. Um, You might've listened to it there, but I'm just re-releasing it here as it's been a bit of a hectic time and I'm a little bit behind, I'm so sorry, but hopefully you find this episode interesting. I actually haven't listened to this for quite some time. Actually, I don't know if I've even listened to the entire thing, but obviously I did it. So um, I can't remember what I said. I hope it's great. (laughs) and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. I am joined today by Jack Lee, who is a photographer and host of the Shots Fired podcast. You guys know that I just love branding everything, content, everything, uh, you know, visual. And Jack has just caught my eye this year. And so I had to jump straight away and get her on the podcast. So uh, Jack, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Hey, so I always like to start um, these podcasts off by asking you if you have a role model at the moment or someone that you're kind of looking up to right now. Um, I've always struggled with this question. Mm-hmm. Like I never really have an answer and I feel like I have to like think about, oh, who would that be? And um, it just doesn't really feel supernatural. So I don't have a role model or someone in particular that I look up to, but I just look up to so many um, qualities and different people in my life and that's more likely going to come from people I know personally rather than like this person out there doing something that I don't actually know because mm. you don't really know who they are. Um, so, yeah, I there's so many features and, and qualities in my close friends and family that I admire and people around me and um, I kind of take my inspiration from, you know, the best parts of everyone and, and try to better myself that way. Mm. Yeah. It's so easy to kind of like pedestal people that maybe we just see online or we only see snippets of them, but you know, there's something to be said about the people around us and how they show up, you know, in hard times or, you know, who they are when things get tough as well. And I think we forget that there's so much that we can take from just, you know, the people that, you know, we're surrounded with, you know, every day, they're the people that we are, I guess we become as well. What is it? You're like the summation of the five people you hang around. So like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't we want to take something from them, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, then, you know, you got to change your surroundings a bit. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, And I guess, you know, talking about your surroundings and and what you do, I'd love for you to um, share with the audience a little bit more about yourself and and what you do and what this work kind of looks like for you? Yeah, so I'm a photographer primarily. I do a bit of video as well. Um, I am a fitness addict. Um, I love sports. I'm a sensitive soul. I love reading. I love, you know, listening to other podcasts and um, yeah, I just, I love the simple things in life, coffee in the morning. but yeah, I just, I, I guess within photography, I primarily do branding product lifestyle. I've got the wedding side of my business as well. Um, so it's kind of 50, 50 weddings and commercial, which I really love the variety. Um, and yeah, that's like in a, in a super quick snapshot <laughs> kind of 
<laughs> who I am and what I do. Mm. Yeah, and that's why like I wanted to get you on as well because obviously like um I love all the branding stuff you do, but you balance a wedding, you know, side of it as well, which is really interesting to watch. And I do want to kind of get into how you balance it, but in the meantime, I'll stick to my <laughs> mm-hmm. my plan. Um, did you always want to be in photography? Like, has this always been a passion? Did you always want to be a business owner? How did this kind of come to fruition for you? I started quite late in terms of photography. I got my first camera um, when I graduated high school. Um, Like there's so many other people who have their businesses by then. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I was kind of on the back foot once I looked back on on my journey, (laughs) but um, got my first camera then and just used it for fun with friends and things parties, that kind of stuff. (laughs) And then when I moved to the States um, at 18, took my camera with me. I played on a tennis team um, for a college there and just started capturing like our our travels um, interstate and, you know, would do little videos, recapping every tournament, things like that. Um, And it just, it was just like something for fun. It wasn't really anything serious. And then by the end of that, I realized that I really enjoyed doing it. I started photographing like the basketball team and other sports. Um, and that kind of segued into a little bit of like restaurant work and stuff when I moved home. Yep. But again, it was just like a little bit on the side just for fun. Um, and then at the time I was saving up to go to med school here in, in Australia because the degrees don't really translate very well from the States to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and about six to eight months into that, I was like, nah, like I just, I just don't see myself doing that. I was doing the math. I was like, okay, I study for this amount of years and then I'm this age. And then you do, you have to like go into this much of like internship and all that. And I was, I was calculating it up and I was like, I'm going to be, you know, early thirties by the time I get to see the world, but then that's going to be like the start of your actual career. And is this a life I want? And I was like, immediately no. (laughs) So instead of you know, saving for that. I bought a camera, I bought a ticket to Europe and I just went, I traveled eight months solo pretty much. I would do like group things here and there, meet up with a friend here and there. Um, but a lot of solo time in like weird, well, not weird countries, but abnormal countries to go to alone, like Turkey, Montenegro, Georgia. Um, and every day I was just taking photos, capturing things, capturing what I would see, didn't have much money. So my photos were kind of my souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that time, like once you do something every day for eight months, like you're going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. So by the end of that, I was like, wow, like this is something I would really love to do. Um, I ended up in Morocco on like a photography trip with other photographers. And that was the moment that I was like, wow, I can really make this into something. Um, I was severely in debt by this point, <laughs> like run my credit cards and I didn't want to go home. So I was like, well, I need a job. So mm-hmm. I applied for, I had a friend recommend, um, this nannying agency. So I just did that. It was in Germany. I knew a little bit of German. I got offered a job and I was just like, sure. I'd never been to Munich, but I was like, cool. Yep. I'll take it. Um, ended up in Munich. And then with my tennis connections, I, um, just happened to meet a guy who owned a manage, like a player management agency who managed like 10 of the top, I don't know, 60 or so men in the ATP tour. So I started doing some photos for them and that kind of was my first professional 
photography job. That's how it kind of started. Um, so I was traveling around Europe following the ATP tour, which was really exciting, really like, you know, glitzy and glam, but hard hours, really Mm. long hours, a lot of working for free to get to that point. Mm. Um, and it did not pay well, but it was fun. It was exciting. And it was like, you know, I was making it work. Um, so end of 2019, I moved home and the plan was 2020 full tour. I was going to do three continents, follow the ATP tour, make it work. And then we all know what happened. (laughs) Start of 2020. So that's when I shifted into like, okay, what else can I do? Hospitality, travel, branding, um, and, and really began to build my business as it is, um, at that point. Mm -hmm. That is, oh, that's exciting. (laughs) That was a lot. Sorry. (laughs) No, that is so cool. And so interesting. And it's like, The ability, I mean, it's probably a lot of people's dream to kind of like have a camera and kind of do Europe like that. Do you think like, how did you literally have the strength and I guess like the independence to kind of just like pack your stuff up and and go? Like, that's so scary to me. Well, I'd done it before. Like I moved to the States when I was 18. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends or family there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it wasn't abnormal to me at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, it was exciting. And Mm -hmm. Um, I love change probably a little too much. Like when I get the opportunity to like disappear, I've taken it <laughs> three times, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I look at those, those things as opportunities, not like, I don't look at it with fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool too, because it's like the path didn't necessarily make sense. I'm sure for you, you know, going to the States for, for tennis, like who would have thought that it would then connect with your photography as well? You know, sometimes we're just like, I'm going completely AWOL and I'm doing something, you know, random and completely off the grid. And then somehow your background ended up being the connection for you to kind of like move that business forward. Yeah, exactly. You just never know where life's going to take you. Even if like, I didn't have the the easiest time in college. I've mm-hmm. been pretty um, open about that, but there was a lot of negative in there, but mm. everything is going to lead you to where you're meant to be. Everything is, you know, a lesson to be taken in everything. So um, although there were a lot of downs and there's a lot of things that I wish didn't happen mm. at the time, but now I'm I'm thankful for them because they led to where I am now. Mm. And do you miss playing tennis? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> like it's fun. I actually played last night. Yeah. Um, it's fun, but I find so many things fun. Yeah. And I can't do all of the things that I find yeah. fun because then I would have no time, <laughs> no energy. I wouldn't have a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've really learned that you need to, because I used to be like, as long as you're productive enough, you can do everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very aware that that is not the case. And mm-hmm. in life, you have to make choices. And it's not about giving up things that aren't important to you. It's about giving up things that are important to you. Yeah. But they're not that they're not as important as other things. Like you need to sacrifice things that you actually want to do to be able to do the things you really want to do. Yes. Um, so once I realized that, I took a little pressure off myself and um yeah, now I, I just do the things that I'm obsessed with, which mm. makes me happy. Yeah, I'm a serial, like, I'll just start enjoying something and be like, how do I turn this into a business? Like, how are we monetizing <laughs> this? How are yeah. we, like, going, you know, full force <laughs> with this? And it's like, 
no, like stop. (laughs) We've got to prioritize here. And it's so hard when you kind of like have that mind or have a passion for like other things, you know, not just being fully, you know, in what you do, um, learning to kind of be like, this is just, this is just a hobby or this is just for fun. And we don't need to make, you know, be the best at absolutely everything in the world. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to turn that off. (laughs) Um, one thing that you spoke about was obviously doing a lot of free work and a lot of like, you know, kind of just like playing around, you know, your own experimentation. And I think in in this day and age, it's very easy to grab a camera and to kind of start your journey, whether it's in um, photo or video as well. And so I think a lot of people maybe struggle between, you know, buying the camera and watching a few YouTube videos and like actually getting paid for their work basically. And I wanted to touch on the fact that you said you did quite a bit of free work or, you know, kind of like got paid crap, I guess, but it's like, how did those, you know, times where you just kind of like used it as an experience, like obviously help you build your career in the long run? Um, I mean, it's essential. Mm-hmm. You just need it. It's, I have a few people contacting me now and then, now and then being like, I've just bought a camera. Um, how do I start my business? <laughs> and it's like, this is great. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. But you need to spend a lot of time just practicing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just get a camera and be like, I'm a businesswoman now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it it has to come from like the passion of it because it's not easy. It's not yeah. an easy thing. There's so many photographers out there. Yeah. Um, and if you're not passionate about the art itself, you're really going to struggle um, with the longevity of it. So I, when I was getting into the tennis stuff, um, like you can't just jump straight into photographing the top, you know, 10 players in the world. Mm-hmm. You need to show that you can do this. And mm-hmm. there's an, actually a very um, limited application process to even get into these tournaments. So what I would do is I was living in Munich. I would pay my own way to a tournament in another country or somewhere else within Germany. So I would pay my way there. I would get a hotel for the week, pay for it myself. I would talk to the tournament director and be like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I will provide free imagery throughout your entire tournament. You can use them for whatever you like. Um, I would just like to be credited. Mm. So I would go there, make connections. Um, You know, hopefully in the tournaments, a few guys would share the photos. They always did. Um, And then, you know, those guys that were winning those tournaments soon, they were going into that higher level. Mm. Um, So then my work is being featured at this higher level. And it was just this constant process of showing up, getting my work out there until it was um, uh, one tournament in Stockholm took a chance on me. And I said, look, I've I've done a couple of these lower level tournaments. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never done a professional ATP event before, but you can use the photos for whatever, whatever you like. Like I just really, I'm really passionate and I really want to, um, try. And they took a chance on me and that led to like some of the top players in the world sharing my imagery. And then I had something to show for when I was applying to these next levels. So it's, it's just these stepping stones of, um, showing your worth, making connections, building a portfolio, um, and just having the experience. So all of these things will snowball and then you will 
you know, reach this point where you can charge for it. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's not a linear process. It's, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to go backwards. You're going to go all over the place, but there's no one path. There's no one strict line to follow. You just need to do what you think is best, mm-hmm. build your craft and um, take the plunge really. Like it's going to be hard work. Yeah. But it all is, you know, I think like, and I think this is like an overarching, you know, topic for just business in general that some, you know, we're so lucky that we have social media, but we also, you know, maybe are a little clouded with the fact that we can just maybe buy a camera and, oh, I'm a business owner. And it's like, there's a lot of pre-work, maybe free work that has to kind of go into building, not only like, obviously, especially in like photography and videography, like your portfolio. So people actually can see what you're about and you can figure out what you're about as well. But it's also like that confidence side too, because like, you've got to quote people, you've got to send, you know, quotes around, you've got to like apply for things, you've got to pitch yourself. And if you're not confident in yourself, then people aren't going to take that risk either. Like you at least had like those building blocks to be like, hey, this is like, you know, it's a step up, but I believe because I've, you know, kind of done this foundational work, I believe I can take it to the next level. If you have nothing kind of there, how can you even trust yourself to kind of take those big risks too? So I feel like it's like a confidence thing as well. Absolutely. And then you have to have the confidence to stick with it too, because if you say these are my rates, you're always going to be too expensive for someone and you can't let that like make you doubt yourself and knock yourself down because it'll just, it'll mess with you totally. You just need to do what you can, find your people, find your clients, really stick to what you believe you're Mm -hmm. worth in the beginning um, and start low, Mm. start low, just get a little something. I remember one of the first um, restaurant jobs that I got in Noosa was like, I think it was like $900. And this was for about three days of work. And I was like stoked. I was so happy. Yeah. So, so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same that same job now would probably be about a $15,000 job. Yeah. So, and that's like three years ago, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take what you can get in the early days. Don't let other people's rates and things affect what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just stay in your lane and and build yourself up and educate yourself. Yeah. 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 And the more experience you get, the more you can continue to, to raise those rates as you kind of see fit as well. You know, it's not like you have to kind of stay true to what you've set right at the start. You can always, mm. that's the good thing about the industry too, is, you know, as your equipment, you know, kind of gets bigger as well or as your experience gets bigger you get maybe more niche maybe there's more demand for exactly what you do you can kind of like grow with that too and that's you know yes there is that side of it where you have to do the free work but that's what's cool about the industry too is you can just keep like moving that goalpost in terms of like what you want to charge as you see fit um which I think is really exciting it's like makes it um interesting for someone in the field to want to keep doing better so they can keep mm. charging more and doing better work. <laughs> yeah. And be creative with how you're with how you're doing it as well. Like when I started, I I moved out of my parents' place and I was like, okay, well now like now I have rent to pay. So I need <laughs> to make sure I'm making X per month to like live. Yeah. And it was really uncertain times. So I 
adopted kind of from the um, tech world, like a subscription model of photography. So every month you'll get X amount of photos. I'll come in um, for X amount more. I'll run your socials as well. And then suddenly it went from like, oh, so uncertain of what I was going to make to I had like four monthly clients and I knew what I was making. um, And that made things really comfortable for me and made me more confident to, um, you know, maybe charge more in, in an, in another job because I knew if they said no, it didn't matter. I was still yeah. making what I needed to within that month. Um, so your pricing is not just a reflection on your photography or your craft or whatever your product is. It's the client experience. It's how you package it, how you deliver it. Um, and if they're saying no, you're not communicating the value of it in some way. So mm-hmm. There's so many ways to do things. There's there's so many ways to price things and to express that worth, but you've just got to find your way um, and not just take someone else's because then you're just a carbon copy. Yeah, and like what works for someone else, you know, might not work for you either. They literally mm-hmm. might be, you know, setting up packages to pay their rent. You might be, you know, trying to go on a European holiday, you know, mm-hmm. like that. You everyone has different goals too. So trying to kind of copy and paste what others are doing is just not going to be aligned anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to chat a little bit about obviously, you know, 2020 when everything hit and, you know, for you, that probably was a scary time. Obviously you just kind of found your groove in that, you know, ATP tennis side of things. And then you, you know, ready to kind of tour and do all of that. Um, and then your world gets flipped upside down and you not only have to, you know, kind of stay here, but you've got to change your niche, your industry. Um, how did that, you know, go in terms of your identity as a photographer? Um, and obviously it's, it was the catalyst for where you are like Mm. here right now, but like, how did you kind of deal with all of that change and all of that uncertainty, um, when it first kind of happened? You know, I actually loved it. Mm. It was kind of like the perfect storm for me because (laughs) I like, yeah, I had this ATP thing lined up, but I had no idea how much I was going to make. I had no, like, it wasn't a wage thing. It was just like huge question mark. It was going to be fun and exciting, but it was going to be a shit show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I was suddenly in this situation where, okay, I'm living in Noosa. This whole thing is going on, but Noosa's probably was the best place in the entire world you could have been um, in terms (laughs) of restrict. Like we had maybe five days of like actual stay in your house lockdown Um, beautiful beaches. We'd just go for a walk on the beach every morning. Um, then we had job keeper, which was, or job seeker, whichever one, I can't even remember which one I had, um, which was paying me as well. I didn't have to pay. I paid my parents a little bit of rent, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have like huge obligations of what I had to pay. Um, and then I was given the opportunity, like no one was doing anything. So I had all of this time to, A, I started triathlon training. Like I was like, I'm in it. <laughs> so I could train like as much as I wanted. Yeah. Um, and then I was still getting paid by the government and I could use the time to really work on like backends, websites, mm-hmm. just building everything up, getting business. I would like drop business cards down. Hastings Street to everyone. Like I had so much time Mm. to develop skills, reach out, pitch to people, um, and very little consequence of anything going wrong because, Mm. you know, I was living with my parents. I didn't have any bills to pay or anything. Um, 
So, yeah, it was sad that I couldn't go and do that tour. Mm-hmm. It would have been really fun. I was mm-hmm. really looking forward to it. Um, but just like I said in the beginning, like these negative things that happened to you, that all led to me, my business being where it is now and it would not be here if I had gone off for that tour. So um, I'm actually super grateful and I think I was extremely lucky to have all of those circumstances come together and literally be this perfect environment for me to thrive and grow. Mm, Yeah, I agree. Noosa would be a pretty nice place to uh, (laughs) spend your time. Okay, cool. And so obviously, you know, as time went on, you kind of moved into more brand and weddings. Mm. Um, Do you have a set like creative process? Like how do you kind of, you know, show up with your own individual creativity to kind of every single shoot? Yeah. So I, as I was growing the business, I got into this period of about a year where I was so overworked I was, my rates were pretty low. I was working like sometimes three or four shoots a day, like insane (laughs) amounts, just stupid. And I found that creatively I was not showing up how I should be because I was just drained. Um, So I hit this point where I was like, something's got to change. I hired my coach. She helped develop my business. So my rates were up. Um, My client experience got a lot better, but my availability went way down. So Um, when you have limited spots, you can charge more for them. Um, you have to obviously develop your skills and make it worthwhile for that price. So I was working on, you know, refining my editing, refining Mm -hmm. my client process and making sure that creatively I really show up for every client, which is where Mm -hmm. I am now. Um, so in terms of the branding, like we have a long call to talk about them, where they are with their business, where they are with life, what they like to do. just literally all about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll give them a bit of homework and questionnaires, which will give me more information about them. Um, From there, we'll develop a mood board with a whole timeline um, and creative concepts based on everything we've talked about that can be unique to them and really authentic to them and not just being like, oh, I found this cool thing on Pinterest. Like, let's do that. But okay, does that actually speak to you? Um, Is this who you are or you just want it because it looks cool. Um, so we go through all of that and then the client can say like, love that, love that. Don't want to do that. We refine it again. Um, and then it's shoot day. So within that process as well, I send out a shoot Bible that gives them all of these tips to how, you know, they can nail their shoot. Um, if they're nervous about ABC, here's how you fix it. Um, and yeah, it's like a, it's a really great process that I've found, is really working for me. It's really working for my clients and just gets amazing results. So I'm really stoked with that. It's so much more than just a shoot, isn't it? Oh, it is so <laughs> much more. It's such like a, a misconception. I think sometimes is like, it's just a rock up and, you know, as long as you're feeling good and in the vibe, like it's, it's all going to be fine, but there's so much pre-work. Mm-hmm. And that's like what I wanted to, you know, obviously touch on today is just like how much for forward thinking kind of goes into everything and planning and organization. I mean, basically so like you should like, by the time you turn up for the shoot, you're pretty like, I kind of know what I'm doing. Cause there's all that pre-work. Yeah. Exactly. We know like, okay, we're spending 20 minutes doing this with this outfit and then we're going to bring in these props and set up this scene. Like it's all planned out. You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And like, I guess over time as you've kind of like 
develop these skills as well, have you felt like there's a more intensified need, especially for like particularly more like branding shoots with social media getting more and more intense and more people wanting to stand out? Have you kind of felt that like need for more of this professional side of branding? Yeah. I th- oh, gosh, sorry. That's my cat. It's um, <laughs> okay. Cat yeah. can make an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cute. <laughs> yeah, it just sets you apart. Um, I think it's super important, obviously. <laughs> um, and it also just helps like empower you and, mm-hmm. and keep you on in line with where you want your business to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it shows people exactly who you are. Like I, fitness is hugely important to me. Yeah. Health and fitness is my number one priority in my life. Always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing that within my branding really, um, you know, connects me to other people who are like that. So I have so many clients across so many different industries who connect with me on that one thing. And it might not be, it might be like a wine brand, but they're like super into health and fitness as well. And they connect with me on that. And then I shoot their wines, which is yeah, absolutely not health and fitness related, but <laughs> we still have that connection point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just about showing who you are and connecting with people because otherwise you're just literally a number in the phone book and you might have a pretty portfolio, but you might not connect with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about, um, your brand, I think about like the fact that most days, like on your stories, you're like posting what you're doing at the gym or like what PBs you've got today. And like, that's just like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I remember yeah. like, um, just adding that more like human element as well, rather than just, you know, kind of well, not posting at all. Sometimes I find that like a shoot, you know, actually committing to your branding kind of gives you permission to have stuff to to post mm. as well, which makes it a little less daunting to deal with social media too. Yeah. And people want to see you, like yeah. people connect with you as a brand mm-hmm. um, and they want to see you, not just your work. So mm-hmm. yeah, give the people yeah. what they want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if we want to give people what they want, yeah. uh, but perhaps we're feeling a little nervous to get in front of the camera. I actually did my first like real professional uh, branding photo shoot like a month ago. And I like, I work in the industry too, and I, but I was so nervous. Like it was weird because <laughs> yeah. like on shoots a lot, direct people a lot. And then getting in front of that camera, I was like, what is going on? Like, this is mm. terrifying. Um, do you have any tips for anyone that maybe wants to kind of do something like this, but they're mm-hmm. a little nervous to like actually get in front of the camera? Yeah, for sure. There's so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, first would be really identifying how you want to represent yourself so that everything feels really authentic. Because if you're, if you're constantly in sweats and then you, you're like, okay, I want to be this like boss vibe and yeah. wear this like blazer with no top and these boots you know like everyone's doing um and that's just so not you of course you're gonna feel uncomfortable yes. <laughs> like yes. you're gonna be like this is so not me. not me yeah so the first thing I would do is really identify like what you're trying to achieve and what look you're going for from then from there like outfit wise try everything on in, in the mirror mm-hmm. look at yourself See if you're feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you're not wearing that to the shoot. Mm. And then come down to these things that you really feel confident and yourself in and then you're like, yes, mm-hmm. this is it. Um, mm-hmm. I used to have a lot of people rock up with a suitcase and be like, what do I wear? Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't know. 
but that was my fault for not communicating these things, you know? So now I go through all of this with them. Um, so that would be the next thing. Um, after that, just educating yourself on like a little bit about posing and that kind of thing, which I go through, um, that's in my shoot Bible as well. Just some small tips. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also jump on YouTube and then just like watch some things if you want. Yeah. Um, if you have a friend who is happy to help you, you can just do a little practice shoot on your iPhone and see like, like for my first branding shoot, um, I did the whole thing. It was a four hour shoot. And then I got the photos back and every single photo where my face was serious, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. So then my next one, I knew, okay, the vibes are happy, smiley. Yeah. (laughs) And then I liked a lot more of them. Yeah. Um, So if you can practice with a friend, even just with an iPhone, then you'll get a vibe of what you like, what you don't like, Mm -hmm. and you can refine for the actual shoot. Um, Mm -hmm. It helps having a friend there kind of like hype you up and um, be there for you, get some BTS as well. And then the other thing is to make a playlist that you like love and you really, you know, get in the vibe for. So all of those things, they're little to get, they're little alone, but together they just create a really positive environment that is going to help you thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Literally that they're all the things that I did as well and like helped on the day. Like like you said, they're small on their own, but they all add up to make the experience Mm. so much better. And, you know, I think even just like literally just looking at yourself in the mirror in the outfits and just playing with poses, it feels silly, but it helps on the day. And and one thing that I learned as well is like movement. Like you don't have to be, I think, you know, we think because a photo ends up being just like a still moment that you think you've got to be stiff but like Uh, move so much (laughs) get the movement yeah (laughs) it's also the photographer too though because if you don't feel comfortable in front of them you're gonna be stiff so (laughs) I do video consults with all my clients as well um and like it just helps you be a bit more comfortable and if you're not comfortable like I mean I'm pretty I like to think I'm pretty easy to be around (laughs) but if you don't vibe with me Maybe don't shoot with me. Yeah. Like find someone that you're really like yeah. is one of your people and you vibe with and you yes. feel like you're going to be yourself and confident around. Yes. Um, I think that's super important as well. So I always try and make my clients feel like, you know, they're the rock star of the show. Yeah. And no one's forcing you to shoot with Jack no. if you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed with the idea of a camera, but, you know, it can be a really positive experience too. But I think as well, like you as the person kind of have to commit to putting in a little bit of work too, so that both of you can like rock up on the day and like have the best energy together as well. I think that's kind of where like the perfect balance is obviously you as the photographer have all of your, you know, things that you get done, but like as the person being shot too, you know, if you can be as prepared as possible, that collates to an amazing shoot. Definitely. Beautiful. Um, I want to chat as well about, I know you obviously spoke to a little before about how like you shoot less now and kind of, you know, you're so much more cautious with your time. How do you kind of go about balancing, you know, doing these branding shoots? And obviously, you know, you don't just work with people, you work with products um, and bringing a wedding in like business into this too, which is primarily weekend work. Like how does that kind of look like for you on a weekly basis to kind of have balance as well? So it's probably less of a weekly thing and more of like a averaged monthly. So I have, um, now that I'm a company, I have like, you know, I have to pay my own wage. I have to pay 
X, Y, and Z. And I have a really set structure of like, okay, I need to make this much on average each month to keep, you know, functioning as business. (laughs) So because of that, I have broken down like within the weddings. Okay. The average cost of a wedding is this commercial, the average cost of like a four hour versus full day is this. Um, so it's come down to monthly. I want an average of three weddings, three commercial full day jobs, two commercial half day jobs, and two, two hour jobs. Um, so within that, they can like ebb and flow. Like yeah. it's wedding season now. So this month I've had five or six weddings. Mm. Um, but next month I have like two. So yeah. it it all averages out. But basically um, because they're booked in, the weddings are booked in like pretty far in advance yeah. <laughs> and the commercial jobs are booked in usually a month, I would say on average in advance. Yep. So once they're booked in and everything's synced into my accounting software, I can go into it and have a look at the projections and be like, okay, am I meeting that figure to get enough for um, May? If I am, okay, close bookings. I don't yeah. need to be doing more than that. Um, so I really look at look at that. And, and then if anything comes up last minute that is really exciting and I really want to do and sounds really fulfilling, then sure, I'll make time for that because I have the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, just really restricting um, restricting that time. So then I do have time to do like website updates and like develop my skills, practice my editing in different ways, um, which are all super important if I want to get to that next level. Because if I just booked out my time all the time, mm. yeah, I'd be making more in the short term, but I'm not doing myself any favors in the long run. Mm. How did you find that confidence to be like, the books are closed. Like, I feel like that's like a scary, I know obviously you have like, you know, I've hit my, hit my monthly target and that's totally fine. But there's like a weird, like, excuse me. Um, I don't know, feeling of like putting it out there being like, I'm, I'm booked and that's it. (laughs) I think it's just because I've had the, I've, I've felt the feeling of what it's like to be so booked that I'm like, I can't go to the gym. I can't see my friends. I, sorry, mom and dad, I can't see you. I'm too busy. Yeah. And that feels shit. Yeah. No matter how much you're making, that just feel it does not feel good. Um, and now that I'm in a place where I'm like, I can go to the gym in the middle of the day if I want, work around it. Yeah. Um, like I can literally do whatever I want with my days. Yeah. And that is so nice. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. And like the the consistency in the gym and with my health, like it the results I've seen on my physical and mental health after just being really, really consistent with that has been too good to ever jeopardize that for the sake of a couple extra jobs. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really protective of my time now in that way. And if I don't need to be doing any more jobs, if it doesn't sound like really fulfilling and exciting to me, um, and I don't need it, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the burnout's real. I think like not a lot of people realize it, like, especially if you're putting a lot of creative energy out there, like you said, like if you're doing, you know, back when you were doing two or three shoots a day, like how can you even tap into your creative potential? Whereas you if you have like, if you have that space, if you have time to do the things you love, like focus on your health, feel, feel good in your mindset. Like you're already doing so many more favors for yourself mm-hmm. to just have that, like, just space to be creative yeah. or to to enjoy wanting to go to work too rather than just being like 
oh my my god like I am just I don't know when I'm getting a break and that that leads to burnout. It seeps into every area of your (laughs) life and like your clients can tell too you're showing if you're number four shoot of the day and you showed up and And you're like pulling yesterday and you're tired (laughs) and like you know, they're going okay. to be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So it's so important to like respect your clients enough to show up fresh and ready yeah. to go and creatively fueled. Yeah. And you know what I love about what you said before too, is like the fact that you know your numbers, like I think especially in a creative space, it's very easy to just be like, just do the work and eh, like throw the invoices out and it's all fun. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really easy to just get caught up in, in fun because, you know, in being a photographer and or videographer, anything in the creative space is fun. And it normally is driven from a level of passion too. So like the business can sometimes come second. Um, did you always kind of have those like fundamental business skills of like knowing your numbers and really being like clear on, you know, what it's going to take every month before you close the books? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I became, I changed to a company structure at the start of this year. Um, And before that, I was kind, like by the time I'd registered for GST, I think I was a little more with it. But before Mm -hmm. that, it was just a free for all. Yeah. Um, And that made like tax time pretty difficult because then I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to pay this now. Um, Whereas now, like, yeah, I have to pay the quarterly bass and everything. And I'm dealing with that at the moment. Um, And it's a lot, but I'm setting aside money every month for that. So yeah. when that bill comes, I just pay it and I get on with it. And yes. it's really easy, especially when you're in that transition zone to forget about that or forget mm-hmm. about super or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you have like 10 grand less than you thought you had. And it's yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Um. So being really, it's daunting. Mm-hmm. It's really even like a personal budget. I just didn't do it for the longest time because I was like, I almost don't want to know. Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm spending too much and I'm like, I don't want to know. Um, But once I sat down and actually did it and like refined it every month because, you know, it's always going to vary. You're always going to forget like, oh, I didn't put my shampoo and conditioner in the budget. So like I'll adjust it again and it it takes some adjusting. But once you have those figures set and you know um, what you should be spending and what you need to be bringing in, it just makes everything so much simpler to break down. Mm. So yeah, I was definitely not always like that, but it's really helped me in the long run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's like a daunting to start, but it like it's like a painful thing in the moment, but like long-term it'll pay off because if mm. you just, if you know where you're at, then there's no questions. Like it's very clear. And then you can, you know, move forward with confidence, like in the decision, mm. decisions you make of like, no, like I'm, I'm good for May. Like we're booked unless something exciting pops up, we're good. Um, And it just gives you confidence as a business owner rather than, you know, running around just fingers crossed. (laughs) For sure. Um, Cool. Well, as we kind of like round out, I guess, the the chat that we've had, I want to know where you think um, content is potentially heading in 2023 and beyond, especially on social media. Mm. Um, Personally, I'm heading a lot more towards TikTok. Mm. Um, I think you can be much more authentic and real and it's actually much more accepting platform. (laughs) Um, Instagram, I feel like is all smoke and mirrors and the perfect, perfect, perfectness. And, um, I don't love it. I'm actually on a break from Instagram altogether at the moment. Um, 
for the last couple of days. I've deleted it from my phone. I'm finding it really um, toxic and not great for my mental health. Um, so I have a team running my wedding socials. Um, so that's still moving, but everything else is kind of on a standstill at the moment because it's just, it's just a lot. Yeah, so a lot. Um, I would say to people like, understand that it is a lot and it is a lot on your mental health. And if you feel like you're struggling, it's okay to take a break. Mm -hmm. Instagram is one of those platforms that like, once you post a photo, it's almost like dead and gone in <laughs> a day. Like yeah. no one's going to notice that you're gone. Like you probably didn't even notice that I wasn't on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, were you? Like, see, that's how, why, how it's so crazy because there's just so, so much crap that fills the void. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I get almost all of my leads through socials. So I get it is important, um, but it's not as important as we think it is, mm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, so it's okay to take breaks. But, yeah, I'm focusing on TikTok. That's going to be my main kind of um, starting point for this sales funnel. Cool. Instagram will be my more um, curated, like, quick look at a portfolio. Yeah but I'm not putting, I'm going to probably do like maybe three posts a, a week. Yeah. Um, just keep it nice and um, intentional rather than like, oh shit, what am I going to post today? I need to get something out. Yeah. Um, and then focusing on really having the websites and everything as um, pristine and, you know, optimized as they can be to um, finish out like the sales funnel. Um, so yeah, I just think authentic and um this is more quality content is where mm. it'll be mm. beautiful so if anyone listening today wants to get in contact with you we should send them over to tiktok <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i say that but i'm like i'm still not posting anything at the moment but come come yeah. to my instagram like that's yeah. where i'm usually most active yeah um but yeah i think I think TikTok, I'm transitioning, like literally as we speak, I've just had a email. I have a um, kind of marketing consultant helping me with that. And she's been like, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess come follow me on TikTok, which yeah. feels weird to say, but yeah, that's where I'm going to be at. Oh, I'm going to have to make the transition. You know, I've told, <laughs> I've told um, everyone, no, like I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, but I'm just I feel like I'm getting sucked into the void of Instagram anyway. Mm. So I'm just like, I agree with you. I feel like it kind of is a little bit toxic at the moment. So maybe I do need to like, you know, instead of just being like no to TikTok, like maybe no to Instagram and like move over to somewhere TikTok. that's a little better. Yeah, I really love it. <laughs> oh, you've inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Jack, I have one more question and then I will let you go. Um, it's how I like to round out every episode. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, um, I would probably just say to be yourself. Um, I spent a lot of time like trying to people please and like trying to, you know, maybe impress a guy or get in with a certain group of friends and, um, it feel like I kind of lost myself along the way mm. and lost my values and my, um, you know personality almost so I would just say keep doing you you will find your people um and those people will love you for who you are mm. yeah 
I think that's amazing. Beautiful way to end out the episode, Jack. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Genuinely, I feel like anyone, whether they're wanting to get started in photography or just business in, in general, will take a whole heap of knowledge from this episode. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun.